0: Hello and welcome to Connected, episode four hundred and fifty-four. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Squarespace, Zocdoc, and Netsuite. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined
1: by Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello, I'm reporting live from the Moscone Center here in San Francisco. <laughs> when are you guys getting here for WWDC? You missed it in a couple of ways, there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm ready for I'm ready for next okay. year okay uh, they're, they're bringing it back there's the word on the streets around san francisco is moscone they're bringing it back okay oh and i'm joined by federico I, forgot I had to do that i was so excited by being at moscone hi federico i apologize for not
2: hello i think i think uh, you you took this uh this i finally made it to wwdc thing a bit too literally
1: <laughs> no I'm, I'm attending all of them now so, throughout now, you're history. Going,
2: so now you're going back in time are you ca- are you coming to us from wwdc 2016 is it i'm
1: recording live i've got photos of the banners to share if you want them <laughs> please do <yes>. oh man <laughs> please
2: please do you want them yeah what are they announced in ios 12 how does it look
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i saw the big 12 banner yeah, nice. so
2: nice i'm ready wow. to go nice
1: uh, i have some important follow-up follow-up uh, i did it again i was overexcited during the quizzes last time and i put the scores into my spreadsheet incorrectly uh, I am reading from uh, Kate, who sent in to say the total score on the quizzes episode should have been Federico with one thousand seven hundred and seventy points, and Steven with one thousand six hundred and ninety points. Oh my uh, god! I put all of the points onto Stephen instead. This has been corrected. Federico, you're back in the lead. Congratulations! So
2: I, I was winning the whole
1: time. You were winning, yeah. Oh my god! You were god. winning the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But now you're back to win. See, you thought you'd lost it, and now you have the jubilation of winning again. Congratulations on winning again,
2: Kate. Thank you so much for caring about justice and fighting the constant collusion on this show uh, between... These Federico, two, I
1: corrected it. was the collusion, you know? Between like, these
2: two businessmen who constantly try okay. to, to rig the results in their <laughs> okay. favor.
1: Well, we happen to know it's been amended. Also, you own part of the company.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> still. <laughs> still. <laughs> still. Glory is something else. Still. So.
0: Okay. Mm. I have some smell
1: talk to open up the episode. Wait,
2: that's a different show. mm
1: He, Frederick, Stephen is just mad that we didn't make this joke ourselves, so he's now making it himself. I,
0: I'm making the joke, but I'm also passing along some anonymous feedback from Ooh. someone, all I can say is they know about how Apple Park was built, and they said that Apple does indeed pipe in, quote, this is a quote from the person, nature smells around apple
2: park no way what why do you have
1: this feedback is it is it in response to upgrade because if it is i had this
0: i had this feedback last
1: week after we said something about it
0: smelling nice
2: i i said i said that somebody asked me what's apple park like and i said that it smells good that it smells like nature
0: Mm -hmm. and someone pulled me aside or they sent me an email or they faxed it to me i can't really say how okay and and I believe them, so
2: this can be real, right? I mean, what is it? The piping nature smells. Well, what they just hide a bunch of air fresheners all around Apple Park. They pipe it in. They, do, they pipe it.
1: They have little uh, pipes, and then the smells come through the pipes.
2: It's kind of con- concerning that they have a piping system hidden from you, where they can just. Uh...
1: Is that how they do the reality distortion <laughs> <laughs> it's Actually, it's a different
0: thing. They pipe in for that. <laughs> <laughs> They're just this drugging is, us. Are they drugging
2: this, us? This is this is a very concerning piece of feedback, Stephen.
1: Yes, we need. Somebody needs to look into this.
2: Also, what is a nature smell like? What? What? <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> I think it's like
0: like flowers and stuff. You know, kind of like a sweet, oaky smell. I don't know. So it wasn't naturally. Good I think it smelly? enhances what's there, because there are there are lots of wildflowers. I mean, like if you haven't been to Apple Park, like it is. Beautiful. Very you know, there's trees and tall grass and blooming flowers and fruit trees everywhere. I think they just enhance it.
1: Is this like when they say you should bake cookies when you're selling your house? Yeah. Oh yeah. Or bake bread or whatever. So your house smells good when people come in. So it smells homey, you yeah. know? So they make it smell naturey. But Yeah putting flower smells. So, are Apple like grinding up a bunch of flowers underneath Apple Park, just like wafting <laughs> the smells out? I, is that how they do I, it? I mean, it, they're just like no. <laughs> all, above ground. It's all about nature and underground. They're just like mulching trees no. after trees and just like <laughs> throwing the smell out. Wow. That's, Stephen, this is pretty upsetting that you've brought to the Chance show. Chance
0: says in the Discord it's literally like how casinos pipe in tons of oxygen to give you more energy, allegedly. Is
1: that true? That's also that upsetting. upsetting.
2: Also, I'm not sure is, This it. is all very upsetting. Like, how many organizations?
1: Well, isn't this apparently, like, planes on airplanes, they can control the oxygen to make you sleepy? Like, isn't that a thing, too? Is, well, I think all of this is a lie, by the yeah. way. Like, 100% of what we said in this t- segment is a lie.
2: All of this is I don't fake. know if like, I
1: believe the nature smells thing, Stephen. I, I believe the feedback.
2: Suddenly, everybody knows that all these organizations, they pipe some substance into the air and Mm -hmm. like it's a well-known secret but mike and i are just finding out about it
0: do you all know that a lot of high-end cars now have fragrance systems if you get like a luxury bmw and and other brands they have little pods that you you put in the glove box and they pipe nice smells into the cabin that's stupid It's just another way that these cars come
1: car companies are trying to get more money out of you they add smells and get rid of carplay
2: (laughs) all right well um if you know about the nature smells of Apple Park, uh, let us know anonymously uh, through one of the many systems we have, whether it's Steven uh, or me or the Mike Hurley tip line, obviously.
1: Uh, it's clear that Steven wrote an article after visiting Apple Park because he was talking so effusely about WWDC, so you must have been high on the old nature smells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you said, I like this, the title of your post says, the vibe is good. And I would agree, the vibe at WWDC is a good vibe. Yeah. I think that this new, kind of new format of WWDC, right? The at Apple Park, mostly two day thing, bring a bunch of developers in, bring a bunch of media in, and then also make everything available online. I think this is a very good new starting place to build from. I think that over the next five years, it's going to continue to grow. Like the community event will start to grow more, right? Like it used to be. Because you know, WWC was whatever it was, and then there was a bunch of stuff that was around mm-hmm. it. My expectation is now we're at the starting point of the next whatever WWC is going to be. But I think that the core, like doing it the way Apple's doing it rather than the convention thing, I think they've done a very good job. And I'm excited to see where it builds from now.
2: I agree. And honestly, like if, if they are keeping this format, and I guess at this point they are keeping this format, I wouldn't mind if they slowly but surely started expanding the sort of the venue you know developers at apple park into more like a festival kind of situation because you got the space right you got and it does feel like a festival like i think mike you said this it does feel like when a festival. we walked into yep. the keynote area on monday yeah that it looked like a festival mm-hmm. and i think they should lean into that um, they have for example that space they built for for the vision pro demos with that field that they have in front like i could see for example just uh, you know a few stands here and there for maybe some beverages maybe some different food stands and just developers hanging out on the grass
1: right like people should be allowed to hang out yes kind of all that and i think they should have a party like they should have a party because
2: they should have yeah. a party yes I agree. But
1: like, these are all like tweaks to this new format. And, and I think just in general, it's good. Like more than anything, right? Like we said it multiple times a year now, just having everything, just everything available online. I think it's just better for everyone. Like even the people that are there, like you can just do whatever you want to do in the time that you want to do it. Like, I just think it works.
2: It works well. Uh, m- my feedback is that Cupertino is really boring. There is nothing there, and it's
1: it's better than San Jose.
2: Is it though?
1: Yes, hundred percent. What what did you have in San Jose that you did not have in Cupertino?
2: Streets with sidewalks for what? For walking.
1: Yeah, but like walking what from one closed place to another
2: sure, one? Sure, sure. But like in Cupertino, like it, I don't know. It was it was a very weird experience for me. Okay, this sort of suburban place. Where all the streets are... They sort of look like each other. And they're all like Mm -hmm. these intersections. And the way people make U-turns is weird. They have weird street signs that tell you either you turn left or you make a U-turn. And it's very strange. There are no stores. Everything is a strip mall. Yeah. And it's very strange to look at. Nothing... Besides Apple Park and two hotels are taller than two stories.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Like every single thing is like a two story building. It's, it's very flat. Everything is very flat with a, That's true. with a lot of intersections and U-turn signs and strip malls and essentially one hotspot for five restaurants.
1: I think I have the. If you want a different type of vibe, I think i got that for you. Like there was a place, it was like 10 minutes in an Uber away. It's called Santana Row. It's like this like little development. I think that might be more what you're looking for vibe-wise. It was pretty nice around there. Mm. But like, I, I just much preferred this to San Jose. Like I'm sick of San Jose. That place, I'm sorry if you live in San Jose. Downtown San Jose is terrible. It's even worse now because there was nothing open before and now what's open is it now closed. Very
2: sad. It was very sad to walk there.
1: I don't like, I mean, I have a personal beef again, <laughs> right, with San Jose, which I understand is, is tainting my opinion, but like I much preferred the, the overall kind of like mm. speed and vibe of Cupertino to San Jose. Mm. Like there were more places to eat in that little strip mall than all of San Jose, even when it was busy. So you could say you walked the empty street on the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Correct uh, San Jose downtown San Jose is the Boulevard of Broken dreams that Green Day was singing about. I'll tell you that's that. what that song was about. That's what that song was about.:
2: <laughs> I don't know. so the vibe was great, I agree. Uh, vibe was keep good. doing the event at Apple Park. Cupertino yeah. step it up. And I got to tell you, I was happy to be back in Italy. like uh, this is I, I'm realizing now, as I'm traveling again, uh, I have become that person. I am the stereotypical Italian. Like, I love traveling. I love meeting you guys. I love, you know, for work. It was an incredible event. But I am, uh, like, nothing beats being here for me. Like, it's
1: just... Yeah, the pandemic did that to me, too. Yeah. I'm just like, let's go London, baby. That's yeah. the city in the world. Come on, woo! You know, yeah. <laughs> it did that to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's how I feel yeah, now.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was that. Yeah, probably the pandemic really sort of... Uh, Change me from that point of view, like yeah, Mm -hmm. you are super Mm -hmm. patriotic now,
1: (laughs) which is weird. (laughs) Just like flags and all (laughs) kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? Crying all the time. Mm -hmm. Got a national anthem. I mean, what what could you want? If we want to know when WWDC is next time, we're gonna mark it on our calendars. Oh, that's good. That was my transition for you.
0: Yes, a couple hours before we hit record, I launched the Kickstarter for the 2024 Apple History. Wall calendar. This is the uh, the third of the trilogy, and this year I'm focusing on Apple retail and its services business. So if you've seen one of these before, following the same format, instead of actual holidays marked on the calendar, it's a bunch of days in Apple's history, and then that's all paired with a bunch of photography. And this year, some custom artwork uh, celebrating these two components of of Apple. So I'm really excited to get this done. The Kickstarter runs through July 14th. Jump on board. Now it's a great time.
1: The best part of the calendar that I've seen and probably that you, anyone could produce is the illustration, which is in the mm-hmm. page. You put it in the kind of on the Kickstarter page. Can you explain what this illustration is?
0: Yes. So I worked with a designer to recreate the artwork Apple used for eWorld, which was it, it's sort of like a predecessor or like a precursor to AOL, kind of like you go and there's like different sections, you're not really on the internet, you're kind of in this walled garden. And the whole idea with eWorld was well, it's got to be visual and skeuomorphic so people can understand it. So they did it like a little town, so you could like click on a building and see your email and go over to another one and read the news. And so we recreated that with a whole bunch of Easter eggs in it for the cover of the calendar and that that image is on the the kickstarter campaign page if you if you go there and it is just amazing so happy with how this uh how this came out uh, and this artwork is done by siege roland who did some stuff for you a while back too mike including
1: the tiny heads t
2: <laughs>
1: siege did the tiny heads tee, but he's done so much i've had him do some posters for me for different shows, and for me, it and he also did the recent rumor roundup artwork. He is an absolutely incredibly talented uh, mm-hmm. illustrator. I would say it's probably the best way to describe this kind of yeah. style. Um, and he just did just an incredible job with Steewald.
0: Yeah. So the, I'm not gonna spoil any of the Easter eggs, but there's lots of just little touches in here that that make it a little bit more, a little bit more personal to me and and sort of the projects that we work on as a group. So uh, really excited about that. I've got some photography from James Thompson. That's going to be in there from back in the day and a bunch of product photography. Like I've, I've done in the previous two years, but I'm really excited about this. I think it's a great cap to the trilogy. And like in previous years, if you don't want a wall calendar and you just want like digital versions of the photos and the dates, you can like put, plug them into your calendar app. I have those available and uh, you can also do uh, stickers at the top, uh, the get it all plan, as I call it. So lots of lots of fun things. Definitely a continuation of the previous couple of years worth of work. But I think with all three of them together, it really kind of tells the story of Apple up to this point in time.
1: I look forward to like in ten years' time when you go in and add some CGI characters to these uh, to these calendars. You know, like a George Lucas thing. Yeah, when you look at it, that's a Star Wars joke, Federico. No, I get
2: it. I know what okay. you mean.
1: Cool. Just checking. I in. know.
2: I know the. I know the some of the stuff of Star Wars. Some I know that people hate George Lucas.
1: I I have sympathy for George Lucas, to be honest. There's there's a really good documentary on uh, Disney Plus about industrial light and magic, which I think does a good job of kind of explaining George Lucas. Like, I kind of see him as like. He had a vision for what he wanted it to be, but he couldn't do it because technology wouldn't allow Mm -hmm. for it. So he made his movies, then technology allowed him to do it. So he was like, finally, I can make my movies look the way that I always wanted them to. So he did that and everyone hated it. So (laughs) I feel bad for him, honestly. Anyway, Kickstarter campaign.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, It funded (laughs) in like 20 minutes, which is incredible. And uh, we're over 250 people so far. So thank you all who jumped on it immediately. And yeah, I'm excited to get these out to everybody towards the end of the year. At least you didn't publish
1: it by accident this time.
0: Yes. The first year, some people may not know this, the first year I was going through the process. And with Kickstarter, you have to have your project approved. And all three of them approved instantly like hit the button, bam, approval. So I don't know if someone's looking at it or not. But the first, so after that, the next screen is very confusing it's you can go and do like some promotional stuff, or you can just take it live. And that button is not as clear as it should be as of what is going to happen when you click it. And so the first one, I was going to launch it midweek like I did this time. And so on the Friday before I was like, well, I'll go ahead and get it submitted. And so it'll be like ready to go next time. And uh, I took it live at like 6 p.m. Eastern on a Friday, and nice. I was like, "Well, it's up. I might as well. I guess I might as well promote it." So I was able to uh, to get that going. But yeah, it was a little a little embarrassing last time.
2: So this is the end of a trilogy. It is interesting. Interesting. What are you gonna do next year?
0: Uh, I I don't know. That's a problem for future Stephen. Uh, okay. And I've said this before. The dates from this one, uh, some a lot of them were researched last year. So. My initial approach last year was going to be software and services. And as I got into it, I realized I had to way too much content. Like it was going to be way too many things on the calendar. And so this, so for that one, I set aside the service dates. Like I moved them into their own document and closed it for a year. And then when it was time to start research on this one, I had a pretty good head start. And so I'm, I'm glad with how that worked out because It's kind of a mirror of how Apple works, you know, hardware, software, the services that kind of glue it all together. And so it was it was nice to have a head start. That's one reason this Kickstarter is like three weeks earlier than it was last year, because I'm much further along in the process. Uh, All the research is done. Most of the layout is done. It's in a round of fact checking and I have some photography to finish, but much uh, in much better shape this time than I was, say, June of, of last year. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, products, services, and even content. Squarespace has you covered for all of it. You can use insights to grow your business. If you're uncertain about where your site visitors and sales are coming from, which channels are being the most effective for you, well, you can analyze all of that in Squarespace. And once you have that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. And if you set up Squarespace email campaigns, you can encourage site visitors to sign up as email subscribers. You can customize the email template so it looks just like your brand online. And those built-in analytics that I was just talking about for the website, they're also there in the email campaign so you can see how your campaigns are doing And you can use the suite of integrated features and useful guides when it comes to SEO as well to help maximize prominence among search results. I love building on top of Squarespace. It is so flexible, so easy to make something that looks really, really great. The design element I think of Squarespace doesn't get talked about enough. You can make something that really looks and feels like your brand, really without a whole lot of work. Their tools that are all built in are just fantastic. If you've got a site you need to build or a project you need to launch, Go to squarespace.com connected. There you can get a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch your site, use the offer code connected to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain name. Once again, that's squarespace.com connected and the offer code connected to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of connected and relay
1: FM. Have you guys heard of Reddit? I've been seeing it a lot recently around the internet. Re- Reddit.com. Have you heard about it? It's not a lot on that website. <laughs> They're having quite a week, though. That's for sure. It's, I guess a lot a lot of people talk about it. There's not a lot on it. So like, you go there. Most of it's just private. I don't understand. Can someone explain to me what this Reddit is? I don't get so, it.
2: Inv- Invitation-only website. It's. Uh... <laughs> Why can't I pick There's you a Q, I don't get it. Sir, please... Get in line and w- wait for your <laughs> turn. One day. Yeah.
1: How do we talk about Reddit? I don't even know how to talk about Reddit.
2: This is silly, right? What they're doing. So, is this the first time we're talking about this on the show? It is. Alright, so, uh, Reddit, like Twitter, very much like Twitter, recently announced some major changes to their API program for third-party developers who want to create apps compatible with Reddit. You may be familiar with some of them, like Apollo, which is a Arguably the most popular one on iOS. There's also a bunch of other ones. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you still use or used to use Narwhal uh, Was one of them.
1: Narwhal is my is my Reddit yeah. app of choice.
2: Uh, on Android, you have uh, one called Sync. There's another called Relay, I believe. Is that is that a, yeah? Mm-hmm. Really? Relay yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an it's a it's an Android. There's a bunch for Windows, and these are our clients that let you read an app that uh, I
1: don't understand. Uh, the name of but i keep seeing is riff is fun for reddit and riff means reddit is fun so the actual name is reddit is fun is fun for reddit sure, <laughs> it's like sure. The actual name of the app but that one is a big one on android that i uh, that i see mentioned in kind of the same breath as apollo
2: and essentially uh the changes that reddit announced included these uh, new pricing tiers for the api which were so expensive that um it forced developers like Christian Selig of Apollo um, to come out in public and say, if Reddit is not going to change your mind on how expensive these API calls will be for third-party apps uh, like Apollo, it'll be unsustainable for me to continue making the app unless I come up with $20 million by the summer. Uh, That's the extent of the incredibly pricey tiers that Reddit announced for third-party developers. And the theory here is that, of course, Reddit is sort of kind of preparing for an IPO, and they want to make sure that every single part of their service is monetized, and that includes the API. Uh, Now, this whole drama unfolded because months ago, Reddit promised that the pricing tiers for the API would be totally sustainable for developers, they would be fair, and Christian, the developer of Apollo, but others also, have been documenting On their subreddits on their respective apps subreddits this process for the past four months or so Uh, i remember christian writing uh in february maybe uh, that he just had a call with the reddit uh, management they promised that the api restructuring and you know in terms of pricing would be fair would be accessible to developers And then a couple of weeks ago, uh, they officially announced these pricing tiers. And just like the Twitter API, it is crazy expensive for an indie Mm -hmm. developer like Christian to realistically sustain, you know... um, Hundreds of thousands of users that Apollo has uh, would incur in costs of, yeah, essentially upwards of like $20 million.
0: He said on the Vergecast today, it's like, I think he said 2 million monthly active subscribers. 2, two million. Oh, oh, wow
2: two million monthly active I think, I think follow, that's what he said that is incredible that's
1: got to be users right not subscribers yeah sorry users yes users yeah because if he had two million monthly active subscribers I think you'd be okay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay yeah
2: I am summarizing real quick uh, here and uh, Christian uh, had a couple of calls with the Reddit CEO uh, Steve Hoffman I want to say yeah. and it all got kind of ugly uh in that Christian later uh, wrote on the subreddit uh, how the call went. Uh, Reddit was not budging from their position of, no, this is going to be the price of the API. And then, uh, this was last week or 10 days or so ago, I believe, Um, a few rumors uh, started going around that Christian, the maker of Apollo, was blackmailing. <laughs> Reddit.
1: There's just a lot of mudslinging now. Yes. Like,
2: and so it all. Kind of,
1: we've kind of reached that stage. Yeah.
2: We, we reached the stage where Christian had to say, well, I tried my best. But uh as we were at WWDC, uh he announced that he's going to discontinue Apollo on June 30th at the end of the month, just before the API cutoff um, sort of. Uh, begins and uh, he published uh, uh, excerpts of all sort of the receipts that he has, transcripts and snippets of the phone calls uh, that he recorded uh, with uh, Reddit. Uh, There's a long explanation on the Apollo subreddit. And as a result of that, uh, the whole situation kind of exploded in that... uh, (laughs) um, a bunch of, initially, uh, a bunch of subreddits announced this protest, sort of this planned blackout of subreddits. Now, the context here is that a subreddit is totally governed by the moderators mm-hmm. of a subreddit, and moderators have the power to not only, uh, of course, moderate content and users, but they can also take a subreddit, which is a, a, a sub community on Reddit, like for example uh, the Apple subreddit or the Cortex subreddit. You know, you get the idea, the iPad subreddit, and so forth. Uh, they can take a subreddit private. Which means it's no longer accessible to the outside world. Uh, It's like a blackout, essentially. Um, And initially it was like a handful of subreddits sort of uh, agreed to to do this protest in support of Apollo, but also third-party developers and third-party apps in general and against the approach taken by the current Reddit management. And then this protest sort of started spreading to the point where by yesterday, uh, the vast majority of the most popular subreddits, I'm talking subreddits with 20, 30, 40 million subscribers, like gaming, for example, one of the biggest subreddits on on the site, uh, they all went private uh, to the point where With all these subreddits going private, I guess the Reddit, the infrastructure, was not prepared to have all that private content. And so Reddit crashed yesterday for a few hours.
0: That's what they want you to think.
2: Oh. yeah, Hmm? Interesting. Interesting. Uh, And we now get to today where uh, we know that Steve Hoffman, the CEO of Reddit, sent a memo yesterday to... The reddit employees saying that oh this is another protest it'll pass just like uh, every other protest we've seen in the uh, you know in years before and they're not changing their mind but the protest is still ongoing and reddit if you go right now it is essentially a ghost town of just it's
1: less of one today so like mm. There's a, a a tracker called Red Arc.
2: A few came back?
1: Reddit, dark. Yeah, we're at 6, just 6,100 subreddits currently dark. It was like over 8,000 yesterday. Because today technically is when the protest ended. The like, original idea for it was that it would be like a two-day thing, right? Um, right. But then a lot of subreddits have pledged that they will remain private. I think that's unknown, right? Like how long or if that's going to remain the case. Like, this is one of those things where Reddit is like perfect for something like this, which is honestly like why this whole thing has happened. Like, I don't think this kind of community action could occur anywhere else. Like, this is like so perfect for Reddit because, like, Reddit at its core has like a community mischief right? Like you think of like when they did the, I don't know what it was called, but the like pixel thing, you know like you could like, subreddits could like paint a pixel on a piece of art mm-hmm. and you know like, and there's like this, we as a community where all of our subreddit communities can organize and do a thing, which is why now it's like extending past the two days because it's like grown a morph. Yeah, r slash place uh, send discord is what I'm thinking of. Like so now it's like the original idea was just two days. And then it was like, oh, well, a bunch of them are going to stay dark for longer. I don't feel like I have a sense for how long this is going to last. Like, I kind of see what the guy's saying. It will pass. But the problem is what's left afterwards, right? Like, yes, this will pass. But to what end? The whole thing just seems so ridiculous to me. Like, I understand why Reddit are in the situation where they need to charge because VC investments dried up. The company makes no money. And the only path is to try and float it on the stock market. They're very upset about the fact that a lot of the large language models are trained using their data, and Mm -hmm. they want to charge people for that. That I understand, but I don't understand why they need to have like a blanket API fee. Like I don't, they could just tier it, right? Like if you're a large language model and you want to train against their data, it costs you this much. If you're an app, like a third party app, it costs you this much. Like I just, I don't understand why it's so difficult. Mm -hmm. Like it's not unreasonable to say pay. But it doesn't need to be the level that it is. Like it could be way less and you're still making money, more money than you were making before because you couldn't serve ads effectively to these people. And like and I feel like you're not going to get everyone, but someone who's paying, paying for a third party app probably has a little bit extra that they would pay. Like you could pay directly to Reddit or whatever. Or, you know, like if you want to use a third party app when you try and log in, it's like, hey, you wanna use this app, you've also got to give us Yeah. Fifty cents a month, or ten dollars a year, or whatever. Yeah,
2: or maybe you gotta you gotta sign up for Reddit Premium or something. Like, yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, none of this seems complicated, no. so I don't really understand why it's gotten to this point. It's so strange to me.
2: It's very strange. It's also very silly and sort of so counterintuitive. I think to upset the very the very people who feel the strongest about Reddit. Like folks who use Apollo and turns out it's a couple million people um, (laughs) are arguably power users of Reddit, right? And then there's the folks who are using other iOS clients and folks who are using Android clients. Um, it's, It's a few million people, realistically, and they feel very strongly about the service. A service that is by definition uh, made by the community like reddit Mm -hmm. without subreddits nobody's interested in in reading the updates of steve the reddit ceo like people don't sign up for that
1: people they were very interested during his ama but that (laughs) that was for a different reason
2: (laughs) people don't follow reddit because of reddit staff people follow reddit because they find other people with you know similar interests Mm -hmm. and it just seems to me and i mean look I run a very small community, but it feels kind of counterintuitive to me to be like, you know what a great business plan is to upset the very people who love us and see what happens. Like, I mean, sure, you can try that if you're, you know, <laughs> you like to watch the world burn, if, you got, if you're into that sort of stuff, uh, because you sure did just that you you and and this drama with the phone calls and the accusations what is this this is like middle school this is silly and, I feel,
1: and also I feels like a distraction from it anyway like it, it's not really what this
2: is about you know have some class come on what what's this the you know the 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 uh, these blackmailing us like this is so silly just yeah and and they made it so complicated on themselves just you know, come up with the pricing tier for the op because let's face it, you just want to ask the open the open AI people for a bunch of money. Rightfully so, because they train their model against your data, and you should really charge them. Because I mean, Reddit, uh, you know, it powers uh, Open AI and it powers Google search results, and you should go to Open AI in Google and ask them for money. I agree.
1: And but similarly, like I will make the point, right? Like if if third-party developers are able to make money yes then they should also pay right like there sh- or there should be a like if if the third-party app developers are not paying you make users pay like i don't think that that is unfair right like if red is not making any money but apollo's making money like red it's like hey sure <laughs> what about us like and i don't think that that is an unfair stance it's just clearly it was not it wasn't even just like they knew it was coming And they said it was going to be fair. And then it came and it wasn't fair. And there was no more conversation. It's just like the way that these things unfolded was just all wrong. And plus, like people compare Reddit and Twitter, which I understand. But I think there's a key difference where like using Twitter, using Twitter's tools is fine. Using Reddit, using Reddit's tools, not fine. Like the Reddit app is not good. The Reddit website is just terrible. Like It's so bad. Like I don't understand
2: every single time you open a reddit.com link in safari on your iphone and like half of the page is taken over by that model pop-up like it's it's terrible everything about it is terrible so uh, yeah maybe they should also rethink their approach to like maybe they should try and have a a, a real native product that doesn't suck but that's a different problem I think maybe Reddit just took a look at the, the, the Apollo numbers, for example, and figured, hey, this guy has 2 million users and they make, I don't know, uh, 1 billion requests per month. Surely this guy can come up with $10 million. <laughs> uh, maybe they just... Pro- yes.
1: that's <laughs> Federica. that is probably it. Like... And so they ju- they just grossly overestimated yeah. what they could charge people. And then for some reason decided not to change course on it. Yeah. Like it, it seems like a bunch of mistakes. Mistakes are fine, but then they didn't react to them. Like, you know what you were saying earlier about upsetting your community? People upset their communities all the time, but it's what you do when you found out you've upset people. Yeah. Like, that's the important thing because it's not possible to be perfect. It's like you've upset people. Why did you upset them? Can you fix it? Fix it. And but like, they just decided to choose maximum Chaos instead. And, like, at a point where I don't know, it doesn't seem possible at this stage to try and imagine what the, how the situation will resolve itself. Because, like, I feel like Twitter is easier, where it's like people just continue using it, and that's the end of it, right? It's just going to keep being used until it goes away. But, like, you can kind of predict where it's going to go now, I feel like. But with Reddit, I don't really feel like it's easy to predict like my expectation is what will happen is slowly these reddits will start to unlock again but then post that i don't know what happens
2: Uh, probably i agree with you i think realistically a lot of people will try and use the you know the the, there's the you can use old reddit if you go Mm -hmm. to old.reddit.com and if you just put old dot before any Reddit.com URL. It takes you to the old interface. Yep. I think Reddit will most likely kill that <laughs> because they wanna they want people to use the new version of, of the site. Yeah. And, and but yeah, past that I have no idea. Like the the product itself, if you don't use a third-party app or you know browser extensions or whatever, it's so bad. Realistically, I cannot imagine myself using, you know, going to the Apple subreddit via the native reddit app or the reddit website hmm. it it just really it's so bad so i don't know i have no idea i think the subreddits will come back i'm surprised that this the ceo was allowed to 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 make this whole mess without any repercussions
1: well he was founder too i, I don't know i, I mean I, I just don't know if people can actually argue with him i'm not sure if he has like one of those Zuckerberg-like situations.
2: They don't have
1: shareholders. It's complicated. So, like, I don't know if this is the case, but Mark Zuckerberg is in a situation at Facebook where he has the ultimate say. Like, there's like about it's all about voting sh- stock. Mm-hmm. So, like, if he wants to do something, mm-hmm. this is like that metaverse thing. No one can tell him he can't do it. He just he can just do it. I don't know what the situation is with Reddit, but I feel like Federico at at a certain point, they're all just like, well, we're screwed if we don't do something. Because they don't make money, and there's no VC money anymore. This is why the IPO was even floated. The situation is, what else are you going to do? I reckon someone could buy them. I I was uh, listening to the Shotaku Daily update today, and Ben was suggesting some people have been positing like Google could just buy Reddit, which just feels like a great idea for everyone.
2: I mean, it's the best source of actually human search results. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been appending the word Reddit to all my Google queries for years now. Same. Like it's it's the only way to find <laughs> actual non like content farm content from people on the internet these days. Uh, that is actually free. I didn't remember
1: this, but Condé Nast owned Reddit. Yeah, this is not a thing that I remember happening at all. But nevertheless, I don't know what kind of control Huffman has. Like, but yeah, I'd forgotten that completely.
2: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, honestly, I just—it's—it's it's in our community. You know, talking strictly about our side of things, it's very sad to see Apollo end up like this. Right after eight years, one of the very best apps on the platform it just it just i don't know honestly it's it's terrible and it's the second time in just in, in the span of a few months that this happened right first with tutorific and tweetbot now with apollo i don't know what it says um about the idea of you know maybe you shouldn't build an entire business on top of a of a, of an api that you don't have control over, or that it's mm-hmm. not federated in the sense that if it stops working, you can just go to another server that offers the same service, right? Because we've seen in just uh, what three months, two very similar stories here: uh, third-party clients that got the you know the rug pulled from under them, and gun. gone.
0: This episode of Connected is also brought to you by Zocdoc. If you're trying to find a cause for your symptoms, maybe you stumbled down the TikTok rabbit hole or Reddit, and maybe you're now freaking out. There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals, not random people on the internet. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient reviewed take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Maybe you have moved to a new area or you have something new going on in your health. Maybe it's just time for a change. Where ZocDoc is a great way to find a new healthcare provider. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect to your favorite doctor who you haven't met yet. Millions of people use Zocdoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. Go to zocdoc.com/connected to download the app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C, zocdoc.com/connected. Our thanks to Zocdoc for their support of the
1: show and Relay FM. Apple Vision Pro. So we didn't get a lot of time to talk about this on the last episode. Federico had had a a demo, I think, the day before or the morning of the episode. Uh, I then had my uh, Vision Pro hands-on experience just afterwards. We've both since, like many people, been thinking about it a lot and have published content talking about it. And I guess we should talk about it a little here too. Federico, you just published your article. Um, which is full of, as I said to you, I texted you and said like you had the ability of explaining things that I was not able to get across, like how kind of the way that using the Vision Pro made me feel, Um, because it's quite complicated to explain this, I think. Uh, But it really does feel like and I think people get a sense of this, even if they haven't tried it. This does really feel like the beginning of a new frontier for personal computing.
2: Uh, it's very, it's, it's, a ve- thank you for the kind words on, on the article. Um, and I think it's very difficult to talk about it because also because like, first of all, it was a, it was a, a 30 minute demo for a product that is not even out And and it's not like you can tell people, yeah, you should go to the Apple Store and check it out. Um, And it was a very sort of guided, crafted demo uh, for something that that has no frame of reference, right? It's not like you're describing a new iPhone or a new iPad. Uh, It's not even a, a, a new type of computer. It's something completely different. And so I think for me, the challenge was no there were two challenges one of them was describing what it feels like but the second was also retaining in my notes and in my brain how i felt like because as you're using it like you you think all these things right uh but the demo goes so quickly right so
1: fast it goes so, no, fast, so fast that
2: you're just jumping from experience to experience and I was not taking... You, you cannot take notes as, as you're trying it. And so I. by the end of the, of the demo, I had all these thoughts, but I was also speechless. And there were people asking me, so what did you think? Because they do like a little Q&A at the end. and like,
1: come and ask these questions. Like, oh, <laughs> I have no
2: questions. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, just like, I, I, I don't know. And so um, I figured I'm a slow writer that i know about myself especially for these things and i needed to think about it so i figured you know i'm gonna take some notes for sort of these like bigger ideas that i want to talk about i will let the you know i will let other people who are much faster than me sort of do these hands-on articles and like first impressions but yeah i'm pretty happy that that you know i waited a week because it kind of gave me an opportunity to uh, think it through uh, on my way back to Italy and also sort of explaining it to Sylvia also helped. Um, And just talking about it with friends, you know, uh, who who asked me, so what is it like? Um, I feel like it was good to write about it outside of the bubble of WWDC.
0: It seems like both of y'all just keep thinking about it, right? I've heard you both mention that. (laughs) In <laughs> a bunch of places.
2: How, I don't know. I don't know about you, Mike, but personally, uh, it just feels like you try this very sweet thing, and they take it back from you after thirty minutes, and you're like, "No, give, give it back to me." Give it. Yeah,
1: I, I really wanted to just do the whole thing again. Yeah. Because also, I know there was stuff I was missing, and and it's a very well crafted demo. And I expect crafted in that way, like they are speeding you through it. I think partly because it needed to be on some kind of rails. Like I've heard various accounts of people who like just tried a thing and it didn't work. You know, like I, I think I heard someone say, I think it might have been Thompson, that like they brought up the keyboard and it didn't like it just didn't work, which makes sense, right? Like it was just like a very do this, do this, do that. So there was more that I wanted to be able to do, but they're like, obviously just like bringing you, Hey, try this, just do this. And you're like going through it. And I wanted to just do the whole thing over again. So I could actually pay more attention in certain circumstances, like in certain areas. So you are left with this feeling of like, you just got just a taste. Like, and, and I want to do more with it. And like now I'm seeing things like right now I'm talking to you and my vision of my laptop is obscured by my microphone stand. Same. <laughs> and I would quite like to be wearing a Vision Pro so I could have a large yep. screen rather than my 13 inch screen because everything's overlapping. And also it wouldn't matter that the microphone stands in the way, although I might bump it a few times, but I guess I'd be using it in spatial. So it's, I would see it anyway, right? Because... You'd have the pass through. And so I like, but I could like move things around. I could put it up there a little bit in front of me on the wall so I could look up rather than trying to look down. Like I keep bumping into these situations where I feel like it would be nicer if I could do this. And then the more I found out from developers about the way that these apps can kind of work is very exciting to me. The idea because when you're doing the demo, the apps are all kind of just in this one line in front of you. Mm-hmm. But you can actually put them wherever you want. Like, you could just take an app and just like put it on the desk and just leave it there. But I didn't really have that experience as such. Like, there was a window that I moved around, but I personally didn't move it in like a strange way. So, like,
2: oh, I did.
1: But like, the only one I did that to was the FaceTime one because my FaceTime experience was so bad, I didn't want to look at the face anymore. So I just like took that and put it behind me. And but like the idea that I could take a clock widget and put it on my desk and I could take a photo widget and put it on the wall, like that kind of idea is so tantalizing to me. And now I just keep seeing it everywhere, like how I could use this device. Yeah, it's this. It's so complicated to explain. You do sound a lot like you're talking about a dream that you had, which is always a thing with uh AR and VR I think because you are trying to describe something that you could see that nobody else could see so it definitely has that like dreamlike feeling to it yeah but and I think Federico did a good job of explaining the way that things made him feel like especially the the 3D photos and videos which I found to be a mm. unsettling but not necessarily in a bad way kind of experience but it was just like seeing something you were and I think the weird part was seeing somebody else's like yeah. memories. Like if they were my images, I think I would probably have cried my eyes out, like just looking at them. But like, see, you know, you're like, I'm a dad of this child. <laughs> this is this child's birthday. It's very strange. It's a very peculiar. Feeling.
2: I, I, I keep thinking about the photos. I, I, I keep thinking about the video, uh, you know, the, the Apple immersive video, two minute, uh, montage that we, that we saw. Um, but also as I try to sort of explain in, in, in my story, I feel like w- we should not ignore um, the potential for and I don't, and thankfully the three of us were not doing that, but I see a lot of folks doing it, saying it, oh, it's just an entertainment device. And no I'm gonna I'm gonna offer a prediction here. I was talking about this with John otj and it's why i sort of structured my story the way i did i think come next year that whole thing that we've been sort of talking about for a decade you cannot use an ipad for real work (laughs) i think that argument will find new life will be repurposed as oh you cannot you you cannot do productive work On a Vision Pro.
1: The place that I'm seeing this pop up is people are saying to me like, oh, but there's an app store, so it can't replace the Mac. And it's like, "Ah, I know what you're saying, right? That like you can't just install whatever software you want, but that you need to forget about that. It's like In that scenario, you're forgetting the iPhone exists, right? Like the iPhone is a bigger deal than the Mac. (laughs) More people use the iPhone every day to do their work. Than Macs. Like, that's just numbers, right? Like, and I know that I can't install, like, I don't know, some homebrew thing on my Vision Pro, but like hmm. I don't I don't think you need that. Like, if the Mac App Store was fully stocked, we'd just use the Mac App Store, right? Like, it's just because people don't want to put the software on there because they like the flexibility of not needing to. But we're entering into this new world. Like the iPhone is Great! It has all the apps you're going to need and all the experiences you're going to need. Or you can just use a web browser. I think Vision Pro is just going to be the same scenario. Like, forget that, right? Just forget it. Like, it's a different thing.
2: And also, I mean, come on, let's let's face it. Programmers with opinions are not exactly, you know, they're not exactly the purse, the pulse of the average population on Earth, like. Like, oh, I'm a programmer and I cannot install this weird command line tool on an iPad. Therefore, it's like, dude, you need your programmer and like, you know, nine out of 10 people don't need to do that on a computer, like whether they're students or lawyers or doctors or whatever. So like, I feel like that conversation, however, like all those people have been waiting for a new platform to sort of attach this theory onto. And I feel like with Stage Manager, uh, did I say Stage Manager? I didn't mean to say Stage Manager. You did stage. say Stage yeah. Manager. With,
1: I like the Freudian slip there. Yeah.
2: With Vision Pro, they're just going to go for it because it's such a perfect opportunity. But still, I anyway. think. This is so,
1: it's so early to say this, but I think that the iPad, quote unquote, didn't work right? In the sense of, like, this is the next thing in computing. Like, I think we can feel pretty confident that that's not the case. Like, it didn't replace anything. Not that I really think the uh, Vision Pro will replace anything specifically, but, like, there was an idea for the iPad or what it could be, and it didn't catch on and replace for enough people their laptops, I think because, realistically, the iPad and a MacBook are too similar, right? So, like, there isn't i don't think a enough of a compelling use case for a ipad of a keyboard for people where they can just use a mac and a keyboard the vision pro there isn't anything that exists like this like it is compelling on its own because it's doing something hugely different than a laptop and an ipad or a mac right like they are it is projecting this environment you can have this mixed kind of view it's doing things that don't exist which i think gives it a better chance of being successful than the ipad had of being successful i'm not saying you have to agree with me but do you follow where i'm going with that
2: yeah maybe yeah yeah no, i uh, i think the fact that it stands on its own and has no similar product uh definitely helps in terms of yeah. like oh this thing can can you know uh it's, it's not a replacement. Um, which I think has has long been the problem of the iPad, right? And likely the reason why the iPad Pro even exists. And we don't need to get into all of that. Uh, But I do feel like there's, I think you're right. I think that that will definitely help the product. But we'll see. I mean, I do feel like it'll be perfect for entertainment, for communication, or, you know, uh, I I have my concerns about gaming. I didn't talk about gaming at all uh, in my story. Just because if it just you know it was not part Apple of the didn't demo, either. <laughs> so, you know, Apple didn't, didn't either. Uh, they just they literally just just showed like a person with a Dual Sense controller playing.
1: Look at this very immersive way to just play an iPad game.
2: Okay. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, I what what I know is that it's gonna like on one hand I am happy that this is not coming out until next year. Because it just gives me an opportunity to, you know, think about iOS and iPadOS 17 this summer and in the fall. And I mean, it's
1: great for us as content creators too, right? We have like six months to talk about the thing before it comes out. Then it comes out, we talk about it for years. Thanks, Apple, you know what I mean? We could just opine for the next six months based on these half an hour that
2: we have. But I also want it. So it's going oh, to be very challenging to wait uh at the very least six months um or more most likely seven eight nine months if this thing comes out in march so yeah i'm sure how one asked this
0: I, I and i didn't experience it like y'all did but i get the sense from everyone talking about this who did it this is a much more feelings based product than we've seen from apple maybe ever like I have feelings about the Macintosh, right? But most people don't, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the people see these as tools that overlap in weird ways sometimes. And that's where you get some of the discussion you just talked about. But something about this makes it feel so much more personal and intimate. And I I do I do worry a little bit about that when it comes to like first impressions. Like I'm sure we've all had people talk to us, you know, even in the audience, right? People just know this is coming people feel like creeped out by it or they're really excited about it or they don't want something on their face. Like it feels like this is a little bit of a different bracketing for the conversation than we've had before. And I'm just, I want to kind of keep mm-hmm. tabs on that as you know we move closer to launch than after launch because I'm not sure an Apple product has had to deal with this in this kind of way
1: before or at least to this extent. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense because it's so different. And and it does come from these multiple angles, right? I didn't feel comfortable about Apple entering this because I was worried about like shutting off to the world. But I feel like their entire product is focused on trying to stay connected with the outside world. And so I feel a bit more comfortable with it. But then like I'm still reserving judgment for like I didn't see notifications as such. Like they only really showed one. And I'm like keen to see what is that like you know because i I don't like the idea of just like notifications being beamed into my eyeballs same so that's one set of feelings but the the other side of the feelings is like what you were driving at at the beginning of like we are we feel very me and federico feel very strongly about this having experienced it but i think for me most of my emotional feelings are coming from the entertainment aspect because it's more immersive but using it like a computer, it's just a very impressive thing. I'm not like in love with the user interface, you know what I mean? But like I I was just stunned at how impressive it was. Uh, it was very funny to me. To, I had a nostalgia that I didn't realize until I read Federica's article that it does look like the PlayStation Vita interface, <laughs> which is very funny. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that it... It draws a sense of emotion out of you as the user because it's surprising, it's different, it's incredibly impressive, but then there are these emotional things which are photos, videos, movies, that everyone will have that experience the same way that they do today from looking on their other devices, I
2: think. I feel like this happens because it's the, maybe a good, a good way to describe it is it's the most um, intimate product they've built. I mean, because it, it, it literally goes on, your face and in front of your eyes it's a feeling based product which is a really good description steven because it tricks your brain into um seeing a different or slightly altered you know reality and you know unless you're a robot you know that will create feelings in people you know um so yeah a feeling space product. I really like that. I really like that. Yeah, we'll see. I I really want one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: me too. Before we wrap this segment up, uh, I wanted to push people towards three pieces of content. One, Stephen has uh, Apple Vision info that we all hope that he would have, which is talking about the history of Apple Vision, where that name comes from. Sure. Uh, it was very funny to me, Stephen. I was doing some like, because Calcul- it's about a bunch of monitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing some calculations and the Apple Vision 850 AV, the Apple Vision ColorSync 850 AV was $1,999 in 1997. That makes it as expensive as the Apple Vision Pro in today's money. And that thing weighed like 87 pounds. So you really got your money. worth. Imagine source. putting that on your yeah, face. Put that, put that on your face. Oh, you would have been. Been, been in trouble. <laughs> I want, in case if people haven't listened, I want to recommend my episode of Cortex that I did. Um, yes. Where I, if, you, if you want to know what the demo is like, I chronologically went through the demo, recorded the very next morning. So I was very uh, feelings raw uh, in that episode. I'm very proud of it. And also uh, underscore David Smith has written a great article, kind of, I think, evangelizing why people should be considering about developing for Vision mm-hmm. OS, uh, talking about why he is considering not considering why he is and he makes a statement in the post is developing for vision os so i recommend people go and check that out too
0: this episode of connected is brought to you by netsuite being a business owner or working closely with one means knowing your numbers if your business earns millions or maybe even tens of millions in revenue stop what you're doing and take a listen because netsuite by oracle has just rolled out their best offer It gives you visibility and control that you need to make better decisions faster. And for the first time in NetSuite's 22 years as the number one cloud financial system, you can defer payments on a full NetSuite implementation for six months. That's no payment and no interest for six months. And you can take advantage of this special financing offer today. So why are NetSuite number one? Well, it gives you everything your business needs in real time, all in one place, to reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecasts, and increase productivity across every department. Having all the information you need in one place makes it so much easier to make decisions. I know that as a business owner, having all that information makes everything easier. Things operate more smoothly when information is available, and it means that I can make smart decisions faster. This NetSuite offer is extraordinary, so join the 33,000 companies who have already upgraded to NetSuite and gain visibility and control over the financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. If you've been sizing NetSuite up to make the switch, then you know this deal is unprecedented. No interest, no payments. Take advantage of this special offer today at netsuite.com connected. That's net S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com slash connected to get the visibility and control you need to weather any storm. Our thanks to NetSuite for the support of the show and Relay FM. So I wanted to wrap up this week by doing a round robin on some of the smaller things that have come out in the week since WDC. Some of these things were one sentence in the keynote and then more comes out on the website. Some weren't mentioned verbally at all by Apple, but as we've all gone through the product pages for these OS re- previews. And as some of us have been using the betas, uh, we have some uh, some things we want to touch on. Before we do, though, I actually want to ask uh, where y'all are with the betas. So, Mike, let's start with you. Zero. No
1: beta. Because I'm not a madman. I'm traveling right now. So none. Zero. Federico?
2: I put it on my main phone, as I was traveling, <laughs> and I also have it on my iPad Pro.
1: We would expect nothing less.
2: Well, what about you, Steven? Yeah.
1: I have it on
0: my iPad Mini. Oh, okay. That's that's it so far. No real stage manager changes on the iPad Mini. It didn't, it didn't magically show up for me. And I will have Sonoma on a M1 MacBook Air that I picked up uh, for testing and for screenshots and stuff. Uh, I will get that set up when I get home. I, like Mike, am traveling so not on my phone. I generally do the phone once the public beta is out. And I'll do the dev builds, but kind of in conjunction with the, the beta program. So I'll be on the phone here in a, probably
1: about a month or so. I don't do anything on my phone until at least beta 3. Yeah. That's like my, my rule for myself. And then I will also kind of test it out here and there. What I will say, I'm tempted by the iPad Pro running this. I don't have an iPad Pro but like I'm considering it maybe. But if I do that it's not going to be for a couple of months time. Okay, I'm just intrigued. Stage manager just looks really nice and so like I'm intrigued by it again. Well, let's round robbing this up. Mike, you are first. As audio and home expert. New title. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I would like to talk about VPN support in tvOS 17. So That's a native thing that Apple has added that I'm very excited about because you would be able to install a VPN. Uh, I use ExpressVPN. They sponsor some shows, but you can use any VPN you would like. And what it would allow me to do is to be able to watch content uh, from other territories directly on my Apple TV. Where, like, I've done it in the past where I want to watch a thing, but it's in the US Mm -hmm. only. And so I've had to use my iPhone and then AirPlay it to the TV now I wouldn't need to do that because I'd be able to use my VPN directly on my Apple TV. I think this is really good. Very cool. Yeah, I was excited to, to see this and a little surprised. Like
0: the only reason I think you would run a VPN on an Apple TV is to do exactly what you
1: said. Well, what Apple say. <laughs>
0: yeah, read Apple's quote because it's very funny.
1: <laughs> Uh, where is it third party VPN support enables developers to create VPN apps for Apple TV this can benefit enterprise and education users wanting to access content on their private networks allowing Apple TV to be a great office and conference room solution in even more places yeah, sure, buddy. it's like yeah. yeah that's true but come on you know like but hey keep it to yourself Apple so no one gets mad at you we appreciate what you're doing <laughs>
2: The feature I want to mention is internal linking in Notes, which I cannot believe they've done it, but they've done it. And as you can expect, it's a simplified uh, sort of Apple version of uh, the wiki-style linking that's uh, become popular with apps like Obsidian and Notion and Craft. And now it's supported in Apple Notes as well, uh, in, in a much, much simplified fashion that, however at the very core still lets you do exactly the thing which is link to other notes in the notes app uh, so by default you do this by pressing on an external keyboard on a Mac or on an iPad command K or finding by finding the add link button in the so here's the thing you guys know the copy and paste menu right yeah uh, yeah for the past few years Apple for the past few years Apple officially and by officially I mean, Human Interface Guideline officially referred to it as the edit menu. So the official mm-hmm. name of the copy and paste menu is the edit menu. And this add link button is in the edit menu. However, there's a little asterisk here. Uh, as I was talking about this with OTJ. The iOS 17 product page refers to the edit menu as a callout menu. So because I'm the type of person who obsesses over these things, Apple, if you can let me know whether the proper terminology is edit menu or call-out menu, that would be appreciated. Anyway, uh, parentheses closed.
1: Hick hick check. We'll call that a hick check. Hick check. check. check.
2: Let me know, please. Uh, You got my email. So you will find Command-K on an iPad or a Mac or this Add Link option in the edit menu. Uh, And that brings up uh, a window that lets you either paste a URL to a web page, so any HTTPS URL, um, you now have a proper way to create hyperlinks, essentially, in Apple Notes, which is nice, or you can search for an existing note, and the link becomes an internal wiki-style link to another note inside the Notes app. And once you enter that, you get a little yellow link, and you tap it, and you open a note. Uh, you follow a link, and you go to another note inside the Notes app. There's also, and I found out about this thanks to Mac Rumors, a really handy shortcut, which is um, two bracket, uh, like two forward facing like brackets, like greater than two symbols. greater than signs. Yeah, uh, you type those. And it brings up a, a sort of like a, it's a little shortcut that opens a, a, a pop-up with a list of recently modified notes. So if you're if you're in a hurry and you want to enter, you want to refer to another note that you recently modified, you can type two uh, greater than symbols and you will get this window. Uh, works on the iPhone, works on the iPad. I cannot believe that Apple has done this, but also... I think it's the right thing to do, to modernize Apple Notes by paying attention to where the market is going. Mm-hmm. And sure, this version of internal linking doesn't have all the bells and whistles that you may be used to seeing in Craft or Obsidian. There's no backlinking, right? So backlinking is the ability to see in the note that you linked which other notes refer to it. You know, Obsidian nerds care, care about that sort of stuff there's no sort of uh, uh, mind map like network graph whatever it's called of all the notes that link to each other but that doesn't matter this is the essence of the feature and notes now supports it so I think this is going to be great uh, whether you want to create a table of contents or documentation for your team you know you want to have a start page in a shared folder and the start page of you know Something takes your team members or your family to different notes. I think this is lovely and I'm going to use it a lot.
0: My first one is one of the most uh, dad oriented (laughs) features, but exciting. It's called check-in. So this is where a friend or family member can be alerted when you reach your destination. So say that you've got a kid who is on the way to a friend's house and it's late at night. You want to make sure they get there safely. You can set this up instead of having to remind them, hey, text me when you get there or looking at Find My or something. If you stop making progress, it checks in with you. And if you don't respond, it shares information with the friend or family that you've set it up with. It's set up ad hoc. It's not something that's like on all the time. You say, yes, I want to check in for this specific thing. Uh, When that information is shared, it's location, battery level, and cell service of the iPhone. And of course, all of that is end-to-end encrypted this is kind of a clever feature in the sense that it doesn't really add much new. Like you could do this with Find My to a degree and Find My Show's battery level on devices, but it's it's a bit more polished now. And as someone who's got almost now two teenagers, something I'm looking for to being available, you know, not, not all the time, uh, but in those moments where like, hey, we're uh, you know, something unusual is going on, or you're kind of out and and maybe it's a, a bit unusual.
1: I think it's going to be good. And I think Apple has a it enables some features that Find My would have, but without needing to make your kid do Find My of you all the time, which might be complicated, right? Right. I
0: mean, and, and it does. I mean, I'm putting in the context of parenting, but like, yeah, you could do this with like us flying home from WDC because I think most people know by now you care for everyone when we travel. And... And so it is that the ad hoc nature of it is nice. I think uh, I think it'll be primarily used in the context of family, but the nature of it kind of is it's uncoupled from iCloud family sharing and those other other services.
1: I think in the keynote they were talking about it as friends. Yeah, yeah, right. So like this is the thing that I know a lot of people do um, who feel otherwise unsafe in an area on their own. Right, like if you're going you know, you're going home from a night out or mm-hmm. something. It's a way to, you know, like, I know that friends, like, people say, like, drop a pin. So you can, like, drop a pin in, like, an app like WhatsApp, and you can watch the progress. This is, like, just a very nice way of doing this. Adding in stuff like battery level and cell service, which answer questions for you. Oh, this person's battery is fine, but they don't have cell service where they are. It will pick them up again in a minute, I'm sure, right? So, like, I think it's very clever, very well made. Uh, And, Stephen, happy Father's Day. Thank you. Oh, is it today? It's Sunday. Uh, No, Sunday. Oh, okay. She said it was the dad feature. So I just figured, you know, someone's got to say it. Uh,
2: All right. I'm up next. This is a quick one, but I'm really happy to see this. A couple handy new features in the podcasts app. Um, So the the, the now playing screen has been redesigned. It now has this sort of like music inspired uh, full screen approach. Uh, And I think there are some new artwork features for. Uh, podcasters too, like I think you can probably optimize your show artwork for this full screen experience. But yeah, it it looks very similar to the the music app otherwise. And more importantly for me because I was literally complaining about this only a few weeks ago and we talked about it on the show, there's a proper cue at long last there's a proper Mm -hmm. cueing system that is no longer weird in the podcast app. So in the Now Playing screen, you will find in the bottom right corner this new list icon. You press it, and it takes you to the uh, queue page, uh, where if you've queued any episodes, you will find, well, a queue that you can rearrange, or you can tap on an episode to play it, or you can long press it to get a bunch of actions. But even more nicely, in the same screen, you will find a, a chapter menu. For episodes that have chapters, such as this one, um, it's collapsed by default, and it tells you the current title of the chapter you're listening to. But if you press it, you get a, a full menu with all the chapters you can you can open in the episode you're listening to. And generally speaking, the whole up next, um, you know. Uh, up next play next thing has been you know i was very confused by that and that's being that was clarified with this update up next is sort of like uh the up next that you get on tv os where it's a mix of episodes from shows that you recently followed and new episodes from shows that you were already following as well as episodes that you started playing and that you may want to resume but then there's a proper queue also that is no longer called play next i was very confused by that if you recall and so now i find it all very simple uh up next is like a showcase of things i may want to listen to but everything that i want to listen to in specific order goes into my queue see it's not that difficult
1: playing next is the term the the, that little thing and it includes both a queue and continue playing. <laughs> so it's still not like super clear, but the word queue, we're just like, and then there's a queue, that is good yeah, to have.
2: the button says add to queue, and it's got an icon that shows an item going to the bottom of a queue, and then you open the now playing screen, and it says queue, like the terminology really helps.
0: It It's weird there's so much f- feature work about Eddie in this app. You know, a lot, a lot of queue work. Oh, yeah.
2: Can Book you please use. talk yeah. about your item?
1: Just real quick, one last thing. They've added something I didn't know that they had because they supported something else. There is now episode artwork. Yes. And I was like, no, but it does this. No, it does. And it has done chapter artwork mm-hmm. for a long time. But if you set specific artwork for an episode, it doesn't. Work. Like the Rickies? Yeah, like the Rickies. We just did it with Cortex. That's how I checked it. I was like, but we had the. Oh. And it's like, no. If you do it as a chapter, it works. If you do it as an episode, it doesn't work. So I'm pleased that adding that. Me to too. I was excited about that. Yeah.
0: My next one is Doc Kit. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is bananas. So this is an API to integrate camera apps on iOS 17 with motorized iPhone stands. I, I don't know. I don't know why this is a thing this year. You don't know why.
1: I mean,
2: uh, oh, for the, the the continuity camera, right?
1: Well, yeah. I just figure this is all part of like building out more functionality for some eventual home yeah, product. Yeah. It's oh, also that around. it's Maybe. like
2: standby on iOS seventeen, which is totally like yeah. the, the interface of the future home display.
1: Yeah, and. FaceTime on Apple TV, like it yeah. all just feels like this all to me feels like it moves towards the same okay. result. Yeah.
0: So this will follow a person or object
1: moving
0: 360 degrees around. Uses Apple's Vision frameworks to detect these things, and then the stand and the phone communicate, and the stand moves the phone where it wants to go. uh Like that, the TVOS VPN quote. This is kind of funny. Uh, Apple points out the new Dockit API has many uses beyond video capture, including fitness, enterprise, education, and healthcare. But isn't it just video capture in those fields? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is something else too, like standby. It's like, well, why, why not the iPad? Well, because the iPad doesn't have MagSafe, but pretty cool. Not something I expected. And I think the first person or the first company to make a really cool motorized iPhone dock, uh, send it to us. We'll review it on the show because this is wild. Maybe you could attach it to like a remote control car. and It's like you build your own uh, Amazon Astro, but with your your iPhone as the brain.
1: That's a pretty good idea. Someone do it. Make it happen. This is interesting. And I think this will also be super cool with the continuity camera thing, right? And Apple TV and, you know. Yeah, it's it's like a hardware version of center stage. But I'm sure it will make center stage even better, right? Like if you pair these two things together.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, the phone is moving and the picture is moving. It's like, uh, what if what if they get into contention? You know, it's like you're you're on a boat. It'd be be bad news.
1: <laughs> They're just fighting against each other. <laughs> you vibrate faster and faster, and the phone flies off the stand. Uh, I wanted to just mention shift clicking in stage manager. So this is on iPadOS currently, and I'm really hoping that it comes to Sonoma too. Mm -hmm. They're like, if you're in a stage, anywhere that you click on an app icon and press shift from from a stage, from the dock, from Spotlight, it will open in the stage that you're currently in. Uh, It has been confirmed to me that this is not in Sonoma, and I really hope that that is just like, they just haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, I will give it like a like a maybe another beta or so, and I will file a feedback on it. Now's the time. Now's the time to get your feedbacks in. Well, macOS takes a long.
0: That's time, true. You know, macOS. We got until yeah. like November. I, so I filed fine. one on the uh, Sonoma version of Reminders already, because I, I just apparently, even though they oh, don't no. use Reminders, I uh, send feedback about it. What was it? It's, it, it has. Remained an issue, it's been that way forever, that in the inspection pane on a task on the Mac, you can't change the list the task is on. You can do it on iOS, but not the Mac.
2: Oh my God, yes. 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 Thank you for filing that.
0: So I'll put that feedback number in the show notes. If you're if we're working reminders out there, you know someone who does,
2: uh, help
0: me out. My next one is turning off iCloud Drive, or really not ever turning it on, no longer disables icloud app syncing so the way this works in iOS 16 and before any app that relied on icloud to sync data between your devices that wouldn't work if icloud drive was off and you may be wondering why would you have icloud drive turned off well the answer is on a, on a lot of phones managed by corporations icloud drive is off for other reasons a while back, maybe like a year ago, Marco was talking about this with Overcast, that he had no idea people were in the state, and he was looking to move to iCloud syncing for some things, and this was an issue he was hearing about. Well, now you can have iCloud drive off on your uh, on your iPhone or iPad, and I assume the Mac too, and it will still be able to sync uh, via CloudKit. So it was never really clear to me why these things were tied together because uh iCloud syncing of own of Apple's own apps was unaffected even if iCloud Drive was off or like the user didn't have an iCloud Drive folder uh, but now they've separated those things and I think that's going to make life a lot easier for people who carry a phone around
1: that they don't manage themselves uh the home app has become a snitch
2: okay what uh, is it uh, about, about this? you get snitches lately
1: they get stitches <laughs> snitches man They do. Activity history in the home app lets you see the last 30 days of activity for your devices and who interacted with them. So now you can find out for sure who left the window open. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's in there. I actually do like this feature, uh, and I like the snitching potential. Unless it snitches on me, Mm. where then we'll be reverting back to an iOS feature before We'll, we'll go back to 16. Is this
2: feature available right now? Oh, I guess I need to be running a home hub on 17, which I'm not.
1: I don't have the answer for that. Like, there might be some kind of thing that has to happen first. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to upgrade your home architecture again, which I still have yet to do the home architecture upgrade. But at some point, I will. Chance do
2: it. points out an important detail here uh, in case the context gets lost. Um, no, you this is not fair. bullied. A dog uh-uh. at WWDC. No. What? By calling I did not bully a dog. The dog, I, a snitch. Let me state this you again. Because you know you can't trust Federico.
1: The dog a snitch. We were in the line waiting to get in. And there was a sniffer dog. Very good dog. And the sniffer dog looked like it was snitching on someone. We worked out that this was clearly a test of the sniffer dog's capabilities of detecting marijuana, is my assumption. There's no marijuana in, in California. My point was sniffer dogs. Sni- uh, they're, they're snitches. Not. They're,
2: they're not. It's their job. It's
1: their job. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it, then they are professional snitches. It the, the, sounds snitching. like a
0: guy who was trying to sneak
1: pot into Apple Park. Yeah, I know, right? I'm not going to talk about what the dog found or didn't find, but that dog is a snitch. Still snitches. Doesn't matter if it's snitching for good. You can snitch for that good. That dog but is an
2: officer. You should show some snitching respect. as a
1: service. An officer at the law? Yes. All right. It is detective inspector snitch oh then. I don't know, but it's still a snitch. Dog is a snitch. I, 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 Very lovely dog. Still a snitch. I don't know
2: what happened to you lately. You and your secret activities. I got snitched on. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> guess. Dog. And now here I am. Yeah. All right. So the last pick is um, autocorrect. And I cannot believe I'm finally saying this, but oh my God, it's so well done. Like I almost cannot believe it. Typing on an iPhone finally doesn't make me feel like I don't know what I'm doing with my fingers anymore. It's excellent. And uh, this is not an exaggeration. It is very, very well done. Uh, The way it actually predicts words and entire sentences that make sense as you're typing. It suggests those words. Uh, And you see them sort of like in light gray as suggestions. And if you press the space bar, you auto-complete the whole thing. And again, it can be a word or it can be the rest of a sentence. It's super well done. Uh, I'm seeing way, way fewer mistakes. You can still, you know, you still get the chance to uh, revert to like, for example, let's say you type something and autocorrect kicks in and you're like, no, i Meant to type that. Um, you can tap on the highlighted word and you get a list of the options that you can revert back to. It's really well done. Uh, this is apparently based on the new Transformer model that Apple talked about at WWDC. And whatever they're doing, I think it's working because it, it, this is so different from the autocorrect that, as we've mentioned before on the show, I am convinced it was getting worse over the years uh, and now it's much better. Now, will this also progressively get worse or will it progressively get better? Hmm. In theory transform... I think it
1: will get better because it's learning on
2: you. Exactly. So in theory well, well
1: I'm very bad. I was say, so- <laughs> maybe, maybe my autocorrect will be terrible but yours will be fine.
2: <laughs> Don't learn from me. So yes, honestly like I think this will be... If this continues to be so high quality in the beta, this will be the feature that I will tell people why they should upgrade for in mm. September. Like, oh. You know why you should, New autocorrect. Because it's something that everybody does. You know, it's yeah. like autocorrect. It, it works...
1: I wonder if this will be enough to convince my wife to turn on autocorrect because she she doesn't she's never turned really? it on which Hell? I find wild I don't know how she uses her phone I don't understand it doesn't make any sense to me she types without autocorrect she does a better job than me I don't understand how it happens because she originally did it I believe because uh she would type in two lines right
2: but it's been supported for a while I know it supports yeah.
1: it now I actually, I don't know if it supports Romanian like I actually don't know if it does but I said this, and she's like, "But I'm used to it now, so why would I turn it on?" Which, I mean, if you can if you can type on an iPhone without needing autocorrect, and you could be successful in that, then I guess you don't need autocorrect, right? Like you, you're proving it. But yeah, it's wild to me.
0: Do y'all leave autocorrect on on the Mac? Yes. See, I have it off on the Mac.
2: Is there a way to turn it off
1: on?
0: Yeah, Mac? it's under the keyboard settings somewhere.
1: Yeah. Good luck finding it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> keyboard settings, huh?
1: System settings, man.
2: Interesting. Where oh would one God, go for this. keyboard settings? Yeah, no one
1: knows. <laughs> system se-
2: keyboard. I'm having
1: Same. the problem right now. I'm looking. I'm looking at it. Right. I've. I have it open. One of my main issues with system settings now is I open it and I still can't work out where anything is. I, I'm looking at the keyboard settings and it's laid out in a. I like. I don't know. Is it in here? Maybe. Dude, there's no
2: setting for autocorrect. Come on.
0: Yeah, so it's text input and then all input sources.
2: See, I mean, what, what edit? Why call this edit? Like, it says input sources. I have to
1: edit all of British English. I have to edit the entire thing. And there's, there, there's three switches. Correct spelling
0: automatically. Capitalize words automatically. Add period with double space, which is a sin
1: on the Mac. Like, do not have that on.
2: Yeah, they're all on.
1: Oh, I leave them all on. I also do the full stop with double space.
2: You know what's bad? People who put two spaces after a period.
1: It's true. Yeah, I don't get that. Why do people do that? Do you know who does that? Gray does that. No. Yeah, Gray does that.
2: Why? Is it like a teacher thing? Maybe. No. It's not good. He even does it in text messages. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. He does it.
2: Oh, my God, he does it. (sighs) He
1: does it. Yeah. I don't understand it.
2: Gray, you broke
1: my heart. I'm snitching. (laughs) just like that dog <laughs> I'm just like the dog I've turned around I turned a corner I love the dog now <laughs> yeah. uh, I do have one question for you in AutoCorrect does it work in multiple languages as good like is it this good in Italian and English
2: Yeah I've been chatting with Silvia and my mom and yeah it's been it's been uh, working well in uh, Italian is one of the ofi- like it's on the webpage I think it's one of the officially supported languages for the new AutoCorrect and yes uh, it works as well in Italian and also in the switching between English and Italian like mid sentence which yeah. is my weird made up language that i use with silvia
1: yeah what do you have a name for that language teach uh, language do you really do you call it that
2: no no it just it's my weird uh, way of talking and you writing you know with my family it's uh, I, I, I don't know i honestly don't think i'm fluent in italian anymore but whatever
1: yeah where is the languages Page. You said there's like a page that tells you the uh, languages.
2: Must be a footnote somewhere. Oh, here we
1: go. Romanians in it Arabic, Dutch, English, French, German, Hebrew, Korean, Italian, Polish, Portuguese, Romanian, Spanish, and Thai. English, French, and Spanish require iPhone 12 or later? What? I bet the models are bigger. Yeah, but that's like such a weird thing, right? Like, oh, you want to speak in English? <laughs> You need an iPhone 13. What? what yeah, You probably need like whatever neural network update came yeah. with the 12.
0: But that is weird. That's
1: wild though. It's weird. So the new autocorrect, if you speak in English, will only work if you have an iPhone 12 or later. Seems like it. Get your mom a new phone, huh. is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> or, oh wait, it says English, but then it says, oh no, yeah, English. That's very peculiar. Hmm, all right. If you want to find links to all the stuff we spoke
0: about, head on over to the website. That's relay.fm slash connected slash 454. Those links are also in your podcast player. A couple of things you can do there. You can leave feedback or follow up. There's a submit feedback button. It goes to a little form on our website. You can make it anonymous. So if you know about why Apple Park smells the way it does and you'd get fired for telling us, you just click the anonymous button and we won't tell anybody who you are.
2: We're no snitches, is what we're saying yeah
1: we're not we're not snitches we're not like those dogs (laughs) (laughs) we're not sniffer dogs around here (laughs) we do want to know the smell but we won't snitch (laughs) yeah you you think the dog is confused by piped and smell it's like where's it coming from
0: (laughs) maybe the pot's from way over there but i smell it here what happened
2: (laughs) what's happening poor dog oh
0: you can uh, you can also become a member and get connected pro which is the longer ad-free version of the show that we do each and every week if you want more of us, the other six days of the week, you can find us online. Mike is the co-host of a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM and the co-founder of Cortex Brand. You can find him on Mastodon. He is imike at mike.social. You can find Federico at maxstories.net and all of its associated properties. He is on Mastodon as Vitici at maxstories.net. You can find me on Mac Power Users every Sunday here on Relay FM, and I write over at 512 Pixels. A big thank you for, in advance for checking out my Kickstarter. It means a lot to me. You can follow me on Mastodon as ismh at eworld.social. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for making the show possible Squarespace, ZocDoc, and NetSuite. Until next time, guys, say goodbye. Adiós, Archie. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.